just make this confession. Thank you, worship team, for uh, being so instant in season. Hallelujah. I remember at Victory when Pastor Billy Joe would change direction all of a sudden or something would happen, we'd have to make a change. And I think, wow, doesn't God ever speak ahead of time? And now that I'm the person, I'm thinking, no, not really. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, or maybe it's that we're busy. And when he does speak, then we have to make those changes. Amen. No matter what is going on, we need to be sure we're doing what God says. So let's pick up our Bible and make this confession today. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's so simple. So simple. And you can be seated. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I have a word for us today. And I'm, this is a word that requires decisions, um, maybe change. And sometimes those, wor those words can be a little uncomfortable. But, um, you know, I believe when God asks us to do something, it's for our benefit. Everybody say, for my benefit. <laughs> You know, when my parents used to ask me to do things, then it, uh, basically what they were asking me was to grow up <laughs> in some form or fashion. How many of you have been there, <laughs> had that talk? Uh, you know, th those talks were not always my most enjoyable moments, but God used those things in my life to bring me to a level of understanding, to a level of maturity, and uh, to a level of really... Uh, greater rewards in my life. In other words, I was allowed to do more things and had more privileges when I would step up to what they were asking me to step up to. And I believe with God, it's the same way. When he asks us to step up in areas, then he begins to reward us in those areas for the ability that we have to say yes or no. I mean, we do have the choice always. God doesn't, you know, we're not puppets. But the fact that we're willing to do it, that we love him enough that we choose to do it. So today, the title of the, of the word for today is Say Amen. Everybody say, Say Amen. amen. You know, now, I grew up in a generation where every hymn that we sang in the church ended with, Amen. Only there was this real high squeaky Amen, you know, for the sopranos and then... And uh, it was always just really high-pitched, you know, and you, those real sopranos in the congregation would go for it. Amen! You know, they'd give that real high one, and everybody else would chime in. But it was always, we'd finish all the verses, and then there was this, it was always long. Then when I became the organist in the church, I had to be the person to play the amen, you know, amen, and know how long to hold it, so we really got it. And uh, I looked in the hymnal today, and I was looking at the one that the Gaithers put together. There's no amens. <laughs> they took them off all the songs. Hallelujah. Because I think probably because of the fact that, you know, they would get long and drawn out. And, and seasons change. Things change the way people do things. And the songs that are being sung today are a lot different than the ones we sang. But the word amen was a good word. Everybody say amen. <laughs> and uh, I remember when I first went to First Assembly, uh, we had a, a man there that uh, he just always talked during church. And he sat right behind me. He was just a really nice guy. But he would go, amen, or he'd go, hallelujah, or amen. I remember the first time I took my parents there, <laughs> my dad about jumped out of his seat because he had never heard the amen from the, from the people in the crowd. But amen has a purpose. And uh, today I believe what God wants to show us is that all of us need to get to a position in our life where, where we're saying amen. Amen. And it's more than words. Everybody say it's more than words. And so if you'd look at Mark 923, um, today the scripture is where we're going to start. Everybody say only believe. Only believe. It says um, Jesus was um, 
approached by someone who had brought their son for uh, healing. This, this child had a spirit that convulsed him and threw him on the ground, brought him to the disciples. They couldn't help him. But then Jesus said, if you can believe, everybody say, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. That's a, that's a really a big statement to make all things are possible to him who believes. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've thought a lot about that because I know a lot of people who say I believe, but I don't see all those things being possible to that person who's saying they believe. And so I've really asked the Lord, what, what exactly does that mean? And when you look at that word believe, you find it in Romans chapter 10 also, uh, where, you know, we're told how to receive Christ or we, in this church, we pray this prayer often at the end of services. It says, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, this is Romans 10, nine and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So I know at some point I have been in a position of believing because I know I'm saved because it says in Romans, your spirit will bear witness with the spirit of God that you are a believer. And I, and my spirit bears witness. I was in the church for a lot of years. And if somebody had said, are you saved? I would say from what I wouldn't even have known what they were talking about till I had a revelation of the need to be saved. And so once I prayed that prayer, something happened on the inside of me, my believer became a believer on the whatever on the inside of me something clicked and so it goes on and it says and with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation now that word believe there and the word that we read of belief in mark 23 they're the same to trust in have faith in to be fully convinced of and to rely on that's what it means to believe and i would say if we ask everybody here today Uh, Most everybody in here, I recognize pretty much. And we would say we're believers. Amen. We, We are believers. We believe that Jesus died for our sins. We believe that he was crucified. He was resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the father. His blood is on the mercy seat for our sins. We are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. So we are believers. It says right there that 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 calls causes us to become a believer. But I believe there's something beyond that. In 2 Corinthians 20, 20, if you remember that story, it's about Jehoshaphat. And he was threatened by the armies of, uh, you know, his enemies. He did not know what to do. He was not powerful enough in his own ability to overcome them. And in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, we, we read about uh, the position that he had to take and the position he told the people to take. And it talks about, uh, it's believe, but it's the word believe in the Hebrew and so we read it from the Greek, but I want to read it from the Hebrew so we get a little, you know, just a little bit better understanding. It's not a different understanding. It means the same thing, but it adds a little bit to it. It says when after God had spoken to them what they were to do and God had told them the battle is not yours, the battle is mine. And so uh, they continued to pray because it says, so they, er, they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe, everybody say believe, believe in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Believe in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Everybody say established. Now, you know, I believe we're living in a day where we need to be established especially in what we believe. 
and, and understand what we believe. But this, is, this goes on and says, and believe his prophets and you will prosper. And when he had consulted with the Lord, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. The Lord just really spoke into my heart. When those people took that command to go and praise, now they're heading out toward enemies. There, there are enemies coming against them. They said, amen. What they said was, we believe. Everybody say, we believe. That, that when they took that step, that action really was more than just, hey, we believe. Now it's okay. Corey and Allie, get the worship team. We have several enemies out front. Get them together. Believe in the Lord. That was the first thing. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Now get the singers and head out toward the enemy. Everybody say, that's not really an acceptable way to fight a battle. Amen. How many of you'd like it if we said, okay, we have a real major battle. And since y'all are so good in worship, we're going to send you out first. Hallelujah. That's when you get the choice to say amen. That, you, you know, it's not about, oh, I believe. Yeah, I believe. I believe God's going to fight this battle. I believe God's on our side. Yeah, believe that was God. Believe, yeah, I believe in God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, go sing. Mm-hmm. Don't know. A little different. Not the same tactic that I would have to take. But as soon as they stepped out, what God said to me was they agreed. They said amen too. They did say amen to that. Because that believe is the word aman. Aman, which is to be firm, stable, established, firmly persuaded, to believe solidly. But the most famous derivative of that is amen. Everybody say amen. And so in the old covenant we have hebrew in the new covenant we have greek so the words are a little different but they mean the same thing but in this case this is what it says amen is it is solidly firmly surely true verified and established how many of you would agree that that that's what we believe i mean we believe about jesus that's firmly established and and so we can act on what we believe because we know we believe it but i believe god's given us a lot of other things that he's going to cause us to act on And I believe there's forces in this world that one of the greatest forces against the church is that the force of unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. Now, unbelief doesn't happen suddenly to a believer. Unbelief happens little by little to a believer. Because, you know, if we've built a belief system, we're not going to just let go of that over something, you know, minor. But, But over time, with enough pressure... We will let go of our belief system if we do not fortify, our, fortify ourselves against it. And the truth is, unbelief is sin. So sin, the wages of sin are death. And unfortunately, unbelief brings death spiritually. You know, some things bring death in our physical body. Like if we don't do what God tells us to do, maybe with our health. And so we begin to suffer maybe a little bit. But ultimately, we can suffer death from those circumstances. Well, in the spirit... Faith, believing, those two words are kind of synonymous together, to believe, to have faith. If we step out of that position and we begin to retreat from that position, we get into unbelief, it can cause us spiritual death and ultimately even physical death. And I want to show you, it's in Hebrews. If you look at Hebrews chapter 3, we see this in the book of Hebrews. And, um, you know, I, I don't know all that's going on in the lives of this congregation. But I believe that um, in this particular service, we have seasoned believers. 
mostly seasoned believers. How many of you have been here, in here been saved more than five years? Yeah, see, so look around. This is, this is the majority. Now, the enemy, you are more dangerous to the enemy than someone who's just gotten saved because God wants to use your faith at that level to do a lot of things that a new believer may not be able to stand in those positions. They're growing. Everybody say they're growing. And so there's a place where a believer has to actually begin to be a believer. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. <laughs> this is, this is a, now this is not an easy place maybe today, but I'm telling you this for our good, for all of our good. There's a point where we are going to do battle. We are going to do battle because God is going to send us to storm the gates. And when we're storming the gates, there will be battle and there will be casualties you know, there will be opportunities where we have to keep pushing against those things. But if we keep retreating and keep retreating, we will fall into doubt and unbelief. We will eventually, because when you keep retreating, you grow weary in well-doing, and then you eventually are in unbelief. And I don't want anybody in this church to be lost to unbelief when we're about to see God do great things. And I don't believe God wants to either. The children of Israel were right at the doorway of the supernatural inhabiting of the promised land. I say supernatural because it was going to be a miracle that they could take that land. And it was a miracle when they finally did take the land. God took the land. They didn't take the land, but they had to be willing to go into the land. They had to use their faith. They had to say amen. That's what they had to do. Amen. You know, and amen meant put your foot in the water and cross over. And begin to do what God asked you to do. So there was, a, there was a place there. And we know it says in verse 12 of Hebrews 3. This is the seriousness of unbelief. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Now, you know, we don't think of unbelief as having an evil heart. But, but that's what the word says. And it says, in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Everybody say, exhort one another. Today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know what sin is? Unbelief. See, you become hardened by the deceitfulness of unbelief. And, and the devil has begun to do this in the body of Christ. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. You see it happen too, maybe uh, sometimes in, in a lesser degree. But even in leadership, even in people who are seasoned in the word of God, that God wants to use mightily, they let down in the area of their belief system. They allow something to tell them it's not true. And it's always based on circumstances. Because the only way you can, you can attack things that, that, that in, in that realm is in the realm of the flesh. You can't change things in the spirit. They're eternal. They're not going to change. But by what you see in the flesh, the enemy can use those things against us. And so it says that these people, for we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Now, if you've read Matthew 24, we seriously uh, need to understand that that's true. <laughs> There are going to be earthquakes. There are going to be wars. There are earthquakes happening. Haiti, Chile, and I heard on the Weather Channel, you know, and, and watch out for the Weather Channel. Just a little, you know, heads up. I mean, you would live in your house and never go out if you listen to the Weather Channel. You need to be led by the Spirit even with the Weather Channel. But, you know, they said they can predict where the next earthquake is coming. Things are shaking. There, there's unevenness under the earth. There, things are not 
flat, you know, they're not stable, but there's stability for those who believe, you know, that song we're singing right now, nothing is impossible. I believe, I believe in you. Not, I believe I'm going to get a million dollars. Not, I believe I'm, it's, I believe in you. And that's the real foundation that the devil is after. But he will use those things that you've been believing for to get to that level in your life. And so everything that we're believing God for, we're supposed to believe for. But what we really believe is in God. Believe in God and you will be established. That's what was told, went to what Jehoshaphat told his people. And it says uh, in verse 16, for who having heard, they're talking about the children of Israel, especially those who were leaders, having heard rebelled. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom he was angry 40 years, was it not with those who sinned? Everybody say sinned. What was their sin? Unbelief. Whose corpses fell in the wilderness. Turn to your neighbor saying, your corpse is not going down in the wilderness. At least unknowingly. Hallelujah. Because God will let you know. And to whom did he swear that they could not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of, because of, because of unbelief. Unbelief puts you in the realm of the flesh. There are no miracles in the realm of the flesh. The miraculous is the supernatural realm. The the miraculous happens where we can't do anything, but God can. And the only way to stay operating in that realm is to believe. Everybody say to believe. And so if you're looking for a miracle, doubt and unbelief are your greatest tool that the enemy is going to use against you as a weapon to stop you from what God has. So by that, we should all just get upset enough by the fact that the enemy's stealing from us to say, I'm going to believe no matter, I am going to do something that says, I believe. Now this is, this will work in tithing. You know, if the enemy says, you know, well, you won't have enough money if you tithe. Well, watch this because I'm saying, amen. I've said, amen. So here it is. So deal with it, devil. This is how it's going to be. Because I've said, amen. See, and I feel like, you know, maybe it's kind of like the period at the end of the statement. You know, it's, it's like, that's it. I mean, there's nothing left to do. And there will be action to support my belief system. In other words, I am going to act on what I believe. Now, Jesus said, and this is really, um, you know, really was sad for the people of his country. But in Matthew 13, 57 and 58, Jesus could not do miracles. And this is what he, why he said he couldn't do the miracles. Do you have that one, Sandy? Matthew 13. So they were offended at him, the people in his own country. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except, everybody say except, except in his own country and in his own house. And then he went on to say, it goes on to say, now he, Jesus, did not do many works or mighty works there because of their, because of their, So even the son of God could do no mighty works in his hometown because of their unbelief. So there is something that will stop the power of God and it's called unbelief. Now, you know, I know that for all of us, we can think, well, you know, if you know the circumstances, you'd understand why I'm in unbelief. This is what I believe happens to believers. We, we, First of all, we take a thought. My husband's taught a lot on thoughts. We take a thought and we begin to meditate on it. And 
And for a while we might fight it, but then we get tired of fighting it. So finally we just yield and then we pretty soon, we, we don't say we really believe it, but we're just, we let it go. Everybody say, let it go. But, but the fight of faith is to hold fast to what God has told us. And you can't let go of something that God's told us to hang on to. And the minute you let go, you're sinking. Everybody say sinking. You're sinking. You're sinking into a pit of unbelief. And unbelief brings despair, discouragement, depression, and all those things. It begins with unbelief. That's where it starts. And so as I was looking at this, um, you know, we know without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, faith, and that's like the same as unbelief. Without, with, if you have unbelief, you cannot please God. You cannot please God because it is not, God will not honor unbelief because it's sin. Everybody say sin because it said so in Hebrews. That is sin. Now, I know that this is going to be a word that some of you just need to really go home and pray about. But this is what I felt God told me to take it to today. We need to surround ourselves with believers. And this is where the body of Christ makes their biggest mistake. They start listening to voices of people who are not walking with what they're trying to walk in. And it's critical in the day we're living in. If you want to walk in the miraculous, then you have to listen to people who want to walk there. And if you turn your ear off to that, you will start falling away. You will fall into doubt and unbelief because it takes the ability of the Holy Spirit and people surrounding us. Everybody say surrounding us, surrounding us. And I want to show you how this works in Mark chapter five. uh, Jesus was, uh, remember the story of Jairus and he came to Jesus and he said his daughter was ill and he wanted Jesus to come and heal her. And uh, Jesus said, that he would come, but then on the way he got detained, you know, by the woman with the issue of blood. And, and long story short, by the time he started on the road again to go to Jairus's house, it says in verse 35 of Mark 5, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Now, this is the beginning of unbelief right here. This is the beginning. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid only, only, only. Why did he say that? Nothing had happened yet that would prove that he was going to heal this little girl. In fact, when J. Iris came and said, if you come, I know my daughter will be well. So he went, but he hadn't done anything yet. But because he was saying, because J. Iris, you came believing, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing just because this person came and said, everybody say, surround yourself, surround yourself, surround yourself with people who are saying what you're saying. And so he he said, don't listen to them. Do not be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. You know, you wonder sometimes why why people that are walking and believing God for such big things just only connect with like five people. It's not because they don't like anybody else. It's because they are walking in a fight of faith that they have to connect and listen to and isolate themselves into a position where they're only going to hear what they need to hear. And God will tell people that. I saw that when we worked at Victor Christian Center and we were believing for the miraculous and money. There were only five people in that meeting every Monday that heard what was going on, that heard the real scoop because those five people could hear the real scoop and still say, I believe. And still act like they believed 
and still put their faith there to say, I believe, and still stand there no matter what was happening saying, I believe. I wasn't one of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wasn't ready for that. Hallelujah. And, and I'm not saying anybody should be. My husband was in there, but I wasn't in there. But, but, and, and sometimes I would think, oh, my goodness. But you know what? I wasn't ready for that level, but I was growing to that level because I was associating with people that it was either come with us or be dragged. Here's your choices. Come or we'll drag you. Because I was married to Bill and there was no way out because he was going there. Hallelujah. So I had to go with him. But, I, you know, I, I have to tell you, I was immature in the beginning, you know, and, and, and so, but I had to learn. But I did. But I did learn. And I saw the fruit of learning. I began to see what God would do when five people said, bet me, devil, watch this. Hallelujah. In world language, we will see what God said because God said. And, and they had nothing more to believe. They had nothing more they could see than I could see. But they had something that had happened on the inside of them. And they believed. They, they said amen. I mean, it was amen. That was the way it was. And so as watching this story really helps me because it says, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, saw atonement of those who wept and wailed loudly. Now, there's always those. This is the weeping and wailing group. But nothing is being, he didn't take a one of them in that room with him. In fact, he left them all outside. And then he said, why make this commotion? He called all that commotion. And weep. The child is not dead, but sleeping. Well, uh, obviously the child had no pulse. Obviously in the natural, the child appeared dead. And they ridiculed him. But when he put them all outside, he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. And he took the child. Now, the only people he took was the father, the mother, and the three disciples. He had 12, but he only took the three these are the same three that saw him transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter got a little lippy up there, but he still he must have passed the test because he was with him because he saw God and he saw what God did with his son. And he saw him change just like that because God gives people that want to walk at that level of belief a little more to see. But they don't get it till they walk there. They don't walk there after they get it. They get it on their way. Amen. That's what makes it exciting to walk with Jesus. Because you feel like, you know, you're stepping off into where, it, you know, what, it, what was that, you know? But right when you feel like you're falling, he picks you up. And you get to see the miraculous. I'm telling you, that really blessed me, that $12,500. I thought I could run through the airport one more time for that. I bet I could. Hallelujah. I could beat down everybody in that line this time. Because I know what's on the other end of the stick. Hallelujah. I'm about to get $12,000. Get out of my way, sister. I have to get to my plane. You know, I didn't know that at the time, but whatever that was, it was God changing me on the inside. My believer, my say amen came alive. And now I see the results of say amen. And that's what Jesus, this child rose up from a dead in the natural position, sleeping according to Jesus, and life came back to her. But the only people in that room were those three disciples and the parents who had faith because he said, Jairus came and said, if you'll come to my house. And God honored that faith. He honored that belief. And that's why Jesus immediately said to him, don't not believe. Only believe. Do not be afraid. Only believe. To stop him from unbelief. Because he had faith. 
to believe. So God is calling us to that same level. And this is what I really felt he said to me. It says in Hebrews 12, I was talking with Janet Lay, and when she said it, it just really, I wasn't sure I was going to preach this today, but when she said it, I knew I was. She's been teaching uh, on faith, and she was in Hebrews 11, where there's so many, by faith Abraham, by faith Moses, by faith Rahab, by faith, by faith. I think she said there's 19 by faiths in there. But when you get to chapter 12, we don't look at that as a continuation of chapter 11. But chapter 11 is talking about how some even died. You didn't see what they believed, but, but they still were walking by faith. They never gave up. They just kept walking by faith. And then it says in, in verse 12 or chapter 12, verse 1, therefore, everybody say, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and, and it says, lay aside every weight and sin. And she said to me on the phone, Pam, that sin is unbelief. Because he's been talking about faith, talking about faith, talking about faith. And he said, so let's lay it. Therefore, everybody say, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, people who have done this, folks, people who have stuck with it to the end, people who have said amen all the way to death. They said, amen, amen, amen. I believe, I believe it, it's true. And, and they've stayed in that position then he's saying, therefore, since we also, since we also are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty wrote a book, uh, Heaven's on Its Feet. And, and he says that they're all on their feet in heaven cheering us on. You know, in this commentary, it says it doesn't mean about heaven. I don't know who's right, but I, I think everybody should be cheering. Hallelujah. We should all be cheering for what God could do. These are people who interpret the word of God. They interpret it. I interpret it. You interpret it. Now, I don't think you should come up with some goofy thing, but whether they're standing in heaven or they're not standing or whether any of the people here are standing, I'm standing. And I am surrounding myself with a cloud of witnesses who want to go where I go. And people ahead of me that I can go to that are going where I go. In other words, I got somebody up there and somebody right here and anybody who wants to come along is welcome. But let your mouth speak faith. Don't let it speak doubt and unbelief. You know, I'm not going to hurt you or anything, but I am going to set you over here because I need somebody who can speak faith. Now, this is what God showed me. There are many people in the body of Christ, and they are talking to people they should not be talking to anymore. This being the reason. Now, I don't mean you go around and you're rude. But what I'm saying is you need to have people surrounding your life who are bringing you to a position of greater faith and the ability to believe God for bigger things because it's in the realm of the supernatural where God gets glorified. And you have to surround yourself on purpose. And you find those people that you know can go with you where you're going. Because, you know, I, I used to be, you know, I, I want to I help everybody. And God said to me, and this is not anything that I wouldn't share with, with anybody. I'm going to share it with you. He said, in your position, you cannot be with everybody. But what you need to do is like Jesus did. You take a few and you surround yourself with those. And you make sure they're saying what you're saying. And then they take it and surround themselves with a few. And they say what you're saying. And then they surround and thus the mentoring program of this church. 
That's why it's my heart. It is my heart. Everything that we're doing in this church, the young marrieds, all these things we're doing, they're for a purpose. Everybody say for a purpose. We are surrounding people with people who will help them. All right? And so what we have to be willing to say is, I need to leave those other friends. Now, this is where it gets difficult. But it's the truth. If you stay with doubt and unbelief, unfortunately, for whatever reason, as friendships, because the Bible says in James chapter four, friendship with the world is enmity toward God. It finally says in uh, verse eight of James four that you have to separate yourself. It says you have to you have to draw near to God. Everybody say draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And it says purify your hearts, you double minded. And in my Bible, in the commentary, it says a person who attempts to hold to God and the world at the same time is double minded. And what this is going to do is bring us that. Now, this doesn't mean you can't go to work tomorrow and say, you know, I no longer can work here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have to hang out with just people who believe. That's not what this is. Are you getting me? <laughs> because we're a light in the world. I'm talking about friendship. I'm talking about people that we hang with. You know, in this next service, we have many, 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 many new Christians. And this message is going to be hard for them. You can pray for them. Because God is going to pull them. He's trying to pull them out of those surroundings. That, that's why they're falling all the time. They fall because they're walking on uneven ground. One foot's up. You know, have you ever? It'd be like walking with a high heel on and a flat shoe. Man, you wouldn't do that. But hallelujah, I don't know any example for you. <laughs> but women, you know what that would be like? You know, you would, you would be lopsided. And, uh, and, and when I was doing my Bible reading this week, God was so good. He gave me this scripture because my two words this year for the first three months, remember, they were it, integrity was one of them. Integrity was one of them. And, and I hadn't thought any more about it. But when I got to this scripture, it says in verse 11 of Psalm 20, 26, but as for me, I will walk in my integrity, redeem me and be merciful to me. My foot stands in an even place. And God said to me, anybody who can't say amen is walking in an uneven place. They're like this all the time. You know, they got one foot in the world and one foot over here. And, and, and so, you know, it's, it's a very uncomfortable position. It's an uneven life. There's no stability in that life. Because the very thing that they're trying to walk in, they need the support of other people around them encouraging them. Because to walk by faith and not by sight is a fight. Everybody say it's a fight. I didn't say that. Only Paul said that I have fought the good fight of faith and I won, but, but we must surround ourselves with those people who can help us. Integrity is adherence to a code of values in incorruptibility where we, where we can't be corrupted soundness, completeness. I believe God's t- saying to us, it's time to say, amen. And what that means is we have to make a decision that we choose who we hang with. And we choose as a a body of believers on purpose to put ourselves in a position, number one, where we're with other people who will encourage us in what we're believing. I didn't say they'll tell you you're right all the time. And this is important because we help each other stay in the right place. But make sure we're with people who are a little more mature than us and that we're always bringing somebody behind us who's not as mature so that we're all growing in the ability that we can include more and more and more people in that sphere of influence that we're learning to say amen. 
we're all learning to say amen. I don't care what level you're at in your spiritual walk. You're learning to say amen. I'm still learning to say amen. So, uh, and, and the people that I consider my leaders that I call and I talk with and share with, they're still learning to say amen. So I don't think any of us are going to arrive at total amen till we see Jesus. But we should all be moving that direction all the time. Amen? Let's stand up together. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your word today. We thank you that, that you have brought us to the place where you said, if you'll believe in me, if you'll believe in me. And I know there are people in this room, in this room right now, who are facing enemies, who are facing enemies, and that is the enemy of their soul. It is the devil himself trying to steal from them and has even gotten into some of their foundational truths. And in the name of Jesus... We are going to do serious business right now in this room because God has called us to this position. Father, I thank you that you came here today by your spirit to bring us to another level of understanding. Whenever we come together, you help us to see you more clearly. We help, you help us to see your word more clearly. You help us to see where, where we have to in our lives make a change. And I, and I encourage all of you right now just to bow your heads and begin to pray. And, and take this message for your own life. Lord, am I surrounding myself with such a cloud of witnesses? In other words, are the people that I'm holding close to my life, are they going to hold me accountable to the things of the truth of the word of God? Are they going to help me become more uh, faithful to you, more, more a person of faith, more a person who truly has a life that exemplifies, amen, I believe. I believe, are these people the people that are taking me to a higher level? Or are these people that are pulling me away from the things of God? Pulling me away from the truth. Causing me to not be able to say, I believe. 